Hello and welcome to Stoppage Time Soccer Show. My name is Jordan Wiegand and we have the full crew here today for the first time in forever. We've got uh, Logan Stump. Yeah, I was getting tired of tire, or, you know, shouldering uh, everything that I had to bring to the show with an absent co-host. Okay. Uh, and then we have, <laughs> <laughs> and then we have uh, newly engaged Matt Harcrow. I'm going to freaking leave now. Logan hurt my feelings. <laughs> I'm tired of it, though. Hi, Matt. Hi, Logan. Congratulations, Matthew. I mean, I, I was there, but I figured I'd congratulate you, you here. While congratulations you're for now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you were there just like, yeah, you got to wait. You got to yeah. wait for this. Yeah. Newly engaged. Newly engaged to Mo Salah. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's, that's news. That is... wow. I'm rich now. Mm. You're mad. He is a Liverpool fan, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's go ahead and talk some. Oh, I don't have any of my Fat Mob stuff pulled up. I guess I should do that. Um, we are going to what? Sorry, I saw a uh, headline that doesn't make any sense. So we're in the international break, so we don't have an episode next week. I don't think. Um. But uh, we currently are going to be talking about the matches that just happened this weekend, including um, the Manchester Derby, Norwich uh, somehow scoring two goals, Chelsea uh, being held by Burnley like everybody thought, Uh, Brighton being held by Newcastle, Conte starting off with a draw and West Ham getting the one over on Liverpool three, two. So those are the games we're going to talk about. And uh, I guess we'll talk some of those champions league matchups that happened, but uh, yeah. So let's go ahead and start with, there was a Friday this week and that was Southampton, Aston Villa. I feel like I get a really chance to see these Friday games uh, anymore. (laughs) Now that I'm in the office, (laughs) like it's just, didn't even know there was a Friday game. Um, I mean, I mentioned it the last time we had an episode, you know, because we always do the preview, but it's, like, very inconsistent this year, don't you think? Like, I feel like last year we, like, had always had a Friday game, always had a Monday game, mm-hmm. and then had Saturday-Sunday games. Yeah, I think with the fixture list, I think you've got to. I think next year they will, too. I think next year they'll have a lot of fixtures just because of the World Cup. You just got to make it consistent like the NFL, yeah. you know? We need Thursday night football, Sunday and Monday night. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, I don't want a uh, don't want a Thursday night Premier League. We had pretty much every day of the week last year, right? It was because of the um, fixture list. They had like yeah, and no fans in the stands. They had like a Monday game, a Tuesday game, a Wednesday game, a Thursday mm-hmm. game, a Friday game. Like there was no breaks <laughs> except yeah. for except for Champions League weeks, pretty much. But Southampton got the victory 1-0 at St. Mary Stadium. Adam Armstrong scoring in the third minute, and that was it. Looking at stats, Southampton had 56% of the possession to Villa's 44. Uh, Both teams had very paltry XG, 0.61 for Southampton, 0.7 for Villa. Villa had 14 shots to Southampton's nine, and Southampton had one big chance, and that's the chance they convert. That goal too came off an XG of 
.04 from Adam Armstrong Oof. off of his left foot uh, there. But Southampton, that will move Southampton to 13th place. I'm not sure where they were last week, but that's where they sit now. Aston Villa now kind of getting into that relegation battle. They're in 16th place. They just fired their manager. Um, which, what do you think, Logan? Is that harsh after losing Jack Grealish and some of these other players? And I thought it, it came at a weird time because I think there's a lot of vacancies as far as managerial um, roles. And I think with the teams, and I just saw a headline, Jordan, I think I know which one you're alluding to. Um, I don't know if it had anything to do with Frank Lampard, but this one that I saw had something to do with Frank. Um, which team will Frank Lampard end up with in Norwich City seems to be the one everybody thinks. Um, so I don't know. Villa is going to be competing with uh, Norwich and the rest of the Premier League teams that are firing their coaches for, I mean, I guess Newcastle is our coach now, so it'll be those two going after Frank instead. But, yeah, this is harsh. I, I Matt and I talked about this quite a bit, talking about the fact that, you know, with Grealish gone, they tried to replace it with a bunch of quality and not quantity, and that's what they got. Yeah, and so this is the article here. Dean Smith um, from The Guardian has been sacked 11 games into the season. Uh, the club CEO, Christian Perslau, says, This year we have not seen the continuous improvements in results, performances, and league positions which we have been looking for. For this reason, we have decided to make a change now to allow time for a new head coach to make an impact the board would like to sincerely thank Dean for his many excellent achievements on and off the pitch during this time. Uh, how about you, Matt? You think this is too soon or is this the right uh, time here for uh, Aston Villa? I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the opposite. I think in, in regards to times that you could fire a manager, I've seen a few people notate that this is really your last shot to get them into a team before – or during a international break, because this is the last international break until I want to say it's, uh, you guys know more about it, but I want to say it's like March or April or something. Yeah, March. International there's one in January. Play. Yeah, there's one in January. Yeah, there's one at the end of January. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah. But, but that's okay. a while. That's two months from now. Yeah. yeah so it's like it, at this point, if you're going to do it or you have the idea that you might do it, it's probably best to just get it over with to give a new manager. Now they have to hire one to make this actually make sense. Um, and I know with them, I think I've read that it's. it seems like they want either Steven Gerrard or Roberto Martinez seems to be their top two picks. Um, I, I don't really think Steven Gerrard's going to want to go somewhere midseason, but I'm not Steven Gerrard. Um, and so I think – and in the same point, they've lost a lot of games. They were very high up there in the, in the table in the end of 2020 the, when there was no fans that – they were the talk kind of, they were almost like the talk of the town, kind of like the West Ham uh, currently. They were up there fighting top four, top five, and then 2021 hit and they just started losing a lot. And it, it coincided with Jack Grealish being injured. And ironically enough, Jack Grealish is now just not on the team and they're still struggling. So it it looks like at this point, was, was he really a good manager or was he just good because Jack Grealish was perfect for the team? Um, and it, kind of looks like that was the case. So I think at, at some point you just have to cut the cord and try something new because it's clearly whatever he's doing is not working. I think I heard they've lost 18 games in 2021 between last season and this season. And I don't think any manager survives that no matter how bad your team is or how good your team might have, you know, historically wise. 
So I think it it's the right time as long as they get somebody in here within the next few days. Um, you know, but we'll see how it goes. I, they're just really struggling. They like Logan said, they they haven't refilled the quant the quality portion of their team. Um, you lose Jack Grealish and yeah, Danny Ings and Leon Bailly and uh, Emiliano Buendia are the three players they signed with that money, and it's I don't think any of them have really done anything to show any sort of talent that they're looking for to replace them. And even looking at their bench, I mean, their bench looks like it's filled with a bunch of, of youth players. Everybody's got like a number in the thirties and forties. Um, so the, they must have either some depth issues as well. So it's just a, it's a poor start. So we'll see what happens with them as time goes, but maybe they're going to be in a relegation battle this year. Another article here from GiveMeSport.com. Aston Villa is looking to hold talks and interviews with candidates for their managerial vacancy this week. Um, so uh, <coughs> names, uh, it doesn't really say too many names that would be associated here. Uh, but they want to appoint their manager, you know, f- uh, in time for the club's next fixture against Brighton, which is after this international break. So. Um, so some options here from the Telegraph are Brentford, uh, Thomas Frank, uh, Denmark's Casper Hulmund, um, Luciana, uh, Lucian Favre, and uh, Paulo Fonse- Francesco was named in the report. But um, we'll Why see. Why would somebody like Thomas Frank go to Villa? <laughs> Bigger club, maybe, but I, I don't you know. know. Cause did you did you see? I know because on the other end of it, Southampton, their manager is wanted by Norwich, and mm-hmm. oh, why why would he? Why would he do that? And, yeah, and, I know when you when you're in 13th place <clears throat> and uh, Norwich not in are, danger of relegation to be like I'm gonna go all the way to the bottom of the table. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I we'll see what happens. I I, I think they'll. I know I hear that name, Lucien Favre, and uh, yeah, former Fonseca, Fonseca was also kind of talked about with, with Newcastle, so maybe he's a, a choice. I, I don't think they're going to do like Lampard, or I, I doubt Steven Gerrard wants to go. So <clears throat> They hire Lampard. They better buckle up for some relegation, I think. <laughs> we could use some surprise. Little, you know, we've got one Claret and Blue team up in the top four, and we get another one in the relegation battle. <laughs> and we probably have another six in the English league somewhere. <laughs> Burnley's not going. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, Manchester City beat Manchester United at Old Trafford at the Manchester Derby. Eric Bailey own goal. Bernardo Silva goal in the 45th minute. Uh, I turned this game off at halftime and switched to something else because this this was not – Ever going to be anything other than a 2-0 victory once they had the 2-0 it was boring. advantage. Um, <laughs> so, FOTMOB did a poll, by the way. Uh, who will win? 45% said... What do you think, Logan? United. Yeah. <laughs> they said United. 17% draw, 38% said City. Uh, 67% of the possession went to Manchester City. Uh, 33 went to Manchester United. Uh, Manchester United had a 0.73 XG to City's 1.31. They only mustered five shots, United did, at home. 
just being played completely off the park here. And Matt, you shared a fun stat with us that what 21% of, uh, of United's uh, losses at Old Trafford have been uh, <laughs> under Ole Gunnar Skullscar. Yeah. <laughs> That's a stat, man, because uh, is... and I, there was a whole list of um, winners. Uh, let me see. Losses at Old Trafford United yeah, it's... Managers. I actually Just... read this to my dad then. Um... It's not surprising when you watch him play. Like, It felt like City were just using it as practice. They were like, let's see if this works. Are right, you ready for this? You ready for this then? <laughs> Old Trafford losses. Alex Ferguson, 405 games, 34 losses at home. <laughs> Ole Gunnar Skolskar, uh at uh, 55 games played, 13 losses at home. Jose mm. Mourinho, 46 games played at Old Trafford, 4 losses. Louis Van Hall, 38 games, 5 losses. David Moyes, 16 games, 6 losses. And Ryan Giggs, 3 games, 1 loss. So, yeah, that gives... I didn't know Ryan Giggs managed him. He was interim manager for... Yeah, that's uh, what it sounded like. I think after Moyes and before uh, Van Hall, maybe. Yeah. But, yeah, so Solskjaer with uh, 21% of the losses at home in uh old at old trafford that's uh and he's actually had the most games too since alex ferguson at old trafford so this is the guy they've settled on for most game most chances right like and we just heard it again from logan uh today while he texted us saying they are not uh going to look to replace and tell us a bit more about that yeah i don't know i think there's a lot of confidence in him as a manager. I think that when you look around, the pool's just depleted and there's not anything out there that's interesting. I think they're really reliant upon one of these teams to bow out at the end of the year and possibly have a managerial switch or something like that where they can fire off one of those managers or they're going to wait till the end of the, the season and then the summer just make that change. I think you're more likely just going to see an interim manager at this point if they do fire him just because I think from the sounds of it, it seems like Brendan Rodgers might be their best bet. Um, but again, I, like you said, do you leave Leicester for Manchester United? And that's the conversation we always have. It's that, can you wait around and stick around as a United fan and, and hope that maybe that Brendan Rodgers wants to coach you instead of a Leicester team? So, And Brendan Rodgers is going to get a lot of interest from elsewhere. <clears throat> Matt, what do you think? Uh, is it now that they just missed Conte that they're kind of like just stuck, you think? Who yeah, else is out there? I would say there, there really isn't um, anyone out there, and it's it's weird because it's they're it's almost like they're protecting him because he's a, a club, I guess, a club legend. Um, I just did air quotes because you guys can't see that when you listen to this. <laughs> um, it th- there really isn't. Conte was probably their best option, and even Conte is not a long term option. He's a you know even like Jordan, you know it because he coached Chelsea and everywhere he goes, he's like a two year coach at max. Um, so it's, it, he would have definitely helped, but maybe they're trying to find something long-term. Maybe they're trying to find the pep or the, the clop 
um, or even the Tuchel, because I, I fully believe he'll be at Chelsea longer than most coaches. Um, so maybe they're just realizing they can't find that in midseason for them at this point with who's out there, and they just want to get a restart after the year. But soccer is such a weird sport where if you don't finish, if he stays the whole year and you finish sixth or seventh, that's such a huge deal because that's Europa League. That might be Europa Conference League. Uh, I mean, if things go certain ways, it might not be anything if, if random teams win Carabao and, and such. Um, so it, it, it'll be interesting because, you know, it, in our sports in America, you could do that and just have a guy coach out because it doesn't affect you besides draft picks. Um, it, soccer in Europe is different because you need that top four. They need to be top four. United is a top four team. And not finishing top four is a huge deal. So it's it's such a risk, but I don't know who would be out there that would, you know, maybe they want to hire uh, Ronald Koeman. You know, let's bring him over to Premier League. Um, it, it's just, it's such a bad spot. And honestly, their team, it's the same issue week in, week out. They're just a bunch of players that have, you know, the two big stars. You got Bruno and, and Ronaldo. And if they don't create some sort of magic, it just looks like they're they're honestly like a mid-level team. You know, I texted you guys when I was out in Disneyland that Ronaldo's probably the reason they're not like mid-table fighting bottom half right now. You know, if they didn't have him, signing him turned out to be the only reason they're actually in the top 10, not challenging for the title or being in relegation. It's, it's almost like he didn't matter in that sense, title-wise. They need a better coach, and I, I don't know who you would go after. There really isn't. You know how we, we joke around how there's always like that rotating European coach that Tuchel likes to, like he'll move around and you get, you know, like Tante moves around. And then I'm sure I'm, you know, was Allegri is one of them. And like, um, sorry, I want to say, is, is, is that one of them? But he was on yeah. Chelsea, right? Yeah. You have, you have that like rotating table of coaches, Jose Mourinho, but he's already done it. Yeah. Chelsea's um, been through them all. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> but it, it's crazy because none of those guys are available right now. Like usually there would be one available and they've missed their boat two years in a row. They didn't get Tuchel last year and they didn't get Conte this year. So And they didn't get Pochettino last year either. I mean, that was another option. <laughs> oh yeah, that's true. Pochettino's out there. I mean, like he might be the best option because PSG is not exactly playing up to I think what they would consider their standards. So maybe they're waiting kind of on him and hoping he gets fired. Um, but I it's such a bad spot to be in for them. It is. I mean, I, it, it's, uh, I mean, look, if they don't finish top four, that's a huge downgrade from where they were last year, right? Didn't they finish top four? They finished second. Yeah, they were second, yeah. yeah, they were second place. So um, if they end up like sixth or seventh looking at Europa Conference League, then you're really in a, man, we screwed up. And like you said, Conte is not a long-term situation, but he makes the job more attractive. He comes in there, he wins a title or some sort of cup within like two years and maybe leaves the team in better shape leaves and somebody else is like oh, okay i can take what he built there and kind of go i don't think ole's built anything here to make it for anything you know i, I think no. nobody really wants to take that job right now um i mean i'm sure people will line up for it if if they if it's available uh brentford Lost to Norwich 2-1. Matthias Norman scoring in the sixth minute, then Pookie with a penalty in the 29th. 
a goal ruled offside for Mboimo in the 49th minute, but Rico Henry scores in the 60th. That finishes uh, 2-1. Uh, Josh Sargent came in in the 78th minute. Didn't do too much. Um, Norwich had 36% of the possession, though, and ended up winning 2-1. Brentford had 2.79 XG to Norwich's 1.15. So this really just seems like a huge miss by Brentford here and a huge coup by Norwich to grab three points. What do you think, Logan? Yeah, so I watched like extended highlights on this one, and uh, Brentford controlled the match. It looked like Brentford should have won. They had multiple opportunities. Um, and, and we're just denied chances because of good goalkeeping. Uh, Cruel played extremely well, kind of like his old days. And, uh, you know, Brentford was uh, had Norwich on their back heels the whole time. So I think that, you know, with a couple more minutes, I think maybe Brentford win this match. And, and I think that, it, like you said, the expected goals indicate that they should have. Um, but, again, it, it's one of those ones, Matt and I talked about this, and then Jordan, you and I talked about last week, where – you really need them to collect points if they're going to stay up in this mid part of the table. And this is not a good start to a pretty weak time in their schedule. So I think that two, one loss um, to a Norwich team that's just been atrocious is not a, a good sign, but you know, it's, it's pretty early and it's still, you know, Brentford's um, I guess season to lose. If they, if they tend to, if they continue to play like this and, and drop points to lower teams, you might see them back down there in that relegation battle. But I I don't see it. I think they're a lot better than um, some of those teams at the bottom. Uh, Matt, any thoughts on your uh, on your bees here? <laughs> no, um, not nothing. Logan could have mentioned, but it's it's tough because you're even reading out those XGs. You know, I believe penalties account for like point seven something. You know, that are point uh, seven, point eight. It's it's something incredibly high. So take out that penalty and you could have had a, what, a 1-1 draw where it was almost like a two-goal difference in XG. So that's, at that point, you just kind of go down to, it's just a bad luck. But again, that's a game you need to get points if you're Brentford because they are better than Norwich. I don't think anyone can argue that. And then Norwich went and fired their coach after the game because that's another (laughs) thing Mm -hmm. that happens. Um, So it's... uh, I don't know. It, you get those games sometimes. And you, there's not much you can do. Not really much I think you can do with it because occasionally you're going to be unlucky. But I guess from Brentford's angle of it, you have to be at least happy that when you lose, it's still a game that you should have won instead of just getting outplayed, um, in which they weren't. They outplayed them, which in the end, you know, everything always goes back to average. So you are going to have games where maybe you don't play as well, but then you're going to get those points. And unlike Norwich, who tend to just always play bad, and they usually they will lose points because they always play bad. Burnley usually always play bad, so they're going to lose points. Brentford tend to play really well, so that's if they keep that up, they're not going to have to worry about relegation. All right, let's go ahead and look at Chelsea Burnley. Kai Havertz in the 33rd minute, assisted by Reese James. Gives Chelsea a one-nil uh, lead, and then in the 79th minute, uh, Matej Vidra scoring to make it one-one. Uh, late, 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 late. I guess not super late, right? 79th minute, but kind of a late goal. But it kind of felt like it was coming on. Honestly, Burnley started really doing some good stuff near the end of the game. 70% of the possession though still went to Chelsea, 30% to Burnley. 
This game was at Stanford Bridge, so a little bit of a hiccup here for Chelsea as they get their second draw of the season. Um, Chelsea had an XG of 2.28 to 0.82 for Burnley. So Chelsea probably should have put another one away somewhere here, but um, that leaves Chelsea currently in first still, um, but they now have two draws. They have eight wins, one loss. Puts them at 26 points, three points up on City right now, and three points up on West Ham, and four on Liverpool. But... uh, yeah, Burnley. Good job, Burnley, on this. Uh, that you know they're in relegation zone, so they get a point here. They're still two points out of. Uh, say they're still two points from safety, but in their last five games, they've had three draws and a win, which gives them six of their eight points in their last like five matches. So, pretty good turnaround there for Burnley, as they seem like they could probably do the darn thing and get out of there. But uh, we'll see. You know, right above them is Watford, Villa, Leeds, Brentford. Those are all the teams within, like, a shouting uh, distance from them. Okay, uh, let's go ahead and talk some Crystal Palace. Crystal Palace beat Wolves 2-0. I feel like Palace has been playing pretty well lately. Wilfred Zaha... Gets them going in the 61st minute. Connor Gallagher is going to score in the 78th. And that is all she wrote for Palace. They had 60% of the possession. 40% went to Wolves. Wolves only had a .28 XG. The Palace is 1.81. Yeah, pretty good result here for Palace at home at Selhurst Park. And that puts Palace mid-table, 10th place. Smack dab in the middle. And uh, like I said, Watford is uh, not who they played. Who did they play? I totally just messed that up. Wolves. Wolves are in eighth. Wolves, yeah. It's the RWs. Yeah, so Wolves are above them. Um, but uh, Palace got the better of them at home. Wolves in eighth. Palace in tenth. And smack dab in the middle of them is Tottenham. Any thoughts on any of these two teams before we move on? Connor Gallagher has played really well. Four goals, ten matches, two assists. That's a, that's a really good start for the midfielder. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chelsea. I hope, I, yeah, I was going to say, you go. I was going to praise him too. I was going to say, Chelsea's like <laughs> looking over going, Oh, that's kind of interesting. Um, They're not going to keep him. He's still alone, but yeah, I don't, I don't see where he fits now. I, I just don't. There's not enough room. I mean, Ross Barkley's back and he's playing, so maybe, maybe it could be the, like the one random appearance per game, or so, you know, like a Matt Miazga or somebody like that. <laughs> so the the Chelsea loan army. Yeah. You know, they'll, flip hope... them for, they'll flip them for a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> I was to say, I hope he can find a way to stay at Palace. I'm really. I like watching them. I like watching Palace this year. They've been good. It's it's refreshing because we got used to teams like Palace and even teams like Wolves playing very defensive styles, and now both of them have attack-minded coaches, and it's it's proving to actually be not only interesting but successful. So hopefully they continue that. And Connor Gallagher's 
in, in regards to it, he might be the, the top signing of like the season in regards to Premier League right now. Um, him and Aaron Ramsdale are probably the top two. I was thinking about that the other day. Because, I mean, no one mm. her team signed have really done anything this season. They're relying on the same players they normally do. Yeah, Palace, um, good thing Logan was wrong about them last year because they've been uh, they've been good. They've had three draws and two wins in the last five games. So that's what, three times – that's nine out of their 15 points coming in the last uh, five games. So they've had a much better last five than their first uh, six. Patrick Vieira's time's gone very well coming back over here. So Or over there. We're not over here. Yeah, he not was over, over here. here. We sent him back, <laughs> and now he's done pretty well. But yeah, like Matt said, they're interesting to watch this year. Not like last year where they were kind of just surviving on whatever oxygen was left. Yeah, that's where it's it's nice. Like it, that's I that was my biggest pet peeve with a lot of the teams, and unfortunately, we're gonna probably get some of them again next year with the Fulhams and the the West Broms <laughs> probably coming right back up. <laughs> It, it makes games more exciting to watch this year, even between, you know, a Palace-Wolves game is generally not going to have a result that affects, you know, top four or generally safe from relegation. So it's not even really like a relegation battle. It's usually just two mid-table teams, but they're actually fun to watch, which makes it, I, I think that's better for the sport, especially with, you know, as things progress, you want to keep watching more exciting teams and there's, there's really only a few defensive teams this year. It's really, you know, Burnley's one of the few that sit back and it's, it's kind of rough to watch them, but everybody else so far, it's felt like they've, even the bad teams go out there trying at least. So it makes it a lot more end to end. All right. Newcastle, uh, you know, they get a point against Brighton. Um, you know, they haven't really fulfilled their promise of the, the new ownership here. I mean, they haven't had time to bring anybody in, but I'm just saying, like, not really how you want it to go when you buy a team and then they just suck, right? Um, <laughs> so that's been that's been some trouble for them. Uh, Leandro Trissard had a penalty for Brighton in the 24th minute to make it 1-0, then Isaac Hayden scoring to make it 1-1 in the 66th minute. And then we had mm-hmm. a red card, Robert Sanchez, in the 90th minute, but uh, not enough, not enough time still to change the outcome of the game at that point. It finishes one-one. Newcastle, in their last uh, five games, are three losses and two draws, uh, and they have five points as they're tied with Norwich at the bottom. Just a better goal differential keeps them in 19th place. Um, Matt, do you think this is something where the team is going to go down and they're going to have to go ahead and um, come back up? Because didn't they just hire Eddie Howe, too, as their, mm-hmm. their manager? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking about this, actually, too, the other day. It It's really it's really tough, one, to improve a team in January because, you know, this isn't FIFA. Like, FIFA, when you play, the players, like, almost a billion dollars spent in January like that in real life teams don't tend to do a lot of selling or buying because you either want to keep players to challenge or you want to keep players to stay out of being relegated. Um, So it's it's hard to see where they're going to improve in January, even with all this money, because it, my dog's making noise. 
it is. It's hard for it's hard for a team to improve in January, and even with all that money, who exactly are you going to attract at that point? You know, especially if you're in, say, they're in nineteenth or twentieth, you're not going to get. You know, even I know like uh, Tarkowski is like somebody that gets rumored to them, but if Burnley's ahead of them and they're battling relegation, why is Burnley going to be like, oh yeah, we'll sell you our best center back. Like, that's fine. Um, it's just, it, it's going to be really, really tough. And it, it just kind of feels like it's a, it, it's a, I'm trying to think of the word for it. it it's like a fruitless venture for Eddie Howe. He's at anything. He should probably try to figure out how's he going to get back up from the championship. Cause it just, I, I don't see it. I don't, their players aren't going to change. They don't have a good team. Um, and to be fair, I think they've only played Chelsea in regards to like top teams. So they still have all of the other guys twice. They've got City twice. They've got Liverpool twice. Um, actually, no, they face they face United, but they're not that great right now. So we'll ignore that. Um, you know, they probably still have West Ham twice, and it's just it's it's hard to see how they're going to actually stay up. It really is. Logan, any thoughts on uh, Newcastle or Brighton? Uh, I mean, just sticking to Newcastle, 24 goals allowed. That's second worst uh, in Premier League, just in front of Norwich, who has given 26. And we were talking about how historical their defense has been um, and not a good way. Uh, So I think (laughs) playing a back five has been kind of an emergency thing for them. And they've played back five and with four midfielders and hoping that they can just kind of absorb attacks and Callum Wilson can score. Um, and that's just not a method for success. And I think Eddie Howe stepping into a dangerous spot. I mean, he, his last season with Bournemouth was not good um, when, when he was in the championship and playing with Bournemouth. It was a horrible 19-20 for him. Um, so I just can't imagine, you know, as a Newcastle fan being excited about this project, you're going to have a lot of money to spend. But who's really going to want to come to a championship-level team? You're not going to attract this big talent like they thought. And I think that's a big thing with Premier League that I don't think people understand is I mean, this would be like LeBron going, I, you know, I want to go play for, uh, I don't know, the, the Milwaukee, or not Milwaukee, uh, Detroit Minnesota or the Pistons or like, you know, somebody like that. It's like, why would somebody want to play in a league below everybody else in, in one of these worst leagues that you can't even pay wages? So I don't know. It's they're a mess. I don't, I don't, I, I, I kind of hope they go down because it'd be fun to see them spend all sorts of money in the championship, but um we're at the point where I think it's pretty likely that they might. So the key is, is that when we buy a team, we purchase a really good one. Right. I think, and we can put in our name for managerial. I mean, all we have to do is say our agent, or we have to just tell our agents to start throwing names out there that are linked to us. So I think like the, yeah. the States, they're the stoppage time soccer guys. We're all linked to being managers for United. Should that fall through with Ole Gunnar? And then I now we can coach Norwich. I don't really feel like managing Harry Maguire, but that's just me. I don't know. We're just throwing it out there. You just can so bench can... him. It's fine. I mean, we can. Uh, that's do true. That's a lot of money. Who likes Ted Lasso? <laughs> Ted Lasso, Beard, and Nate. Who's going to be Nate? I'll be Nate. Uh, I'll, I'll spit at myself. I'll be Beard. Matt, you can Ted. <laughs> uh, I need a mustache. Okay, we'll switch that. <laughs> All righty. Uh, let's go to the Sunday games. Arsenal continue their recent run of form and now they are in best team in soccer a pretty interesting spot here they're in fifth place they're only six points from the top of the league 
and only two points behind Liverpool. But something to know here, they're at a zero goal differential. <laughs> so uh, they went from their negative goal di- differential. They, they've kind of gotten it back a bit to um, zero. There was a goal ruled out from offside for Saka seven minutes in. Then there's a missed penalty by Yang in the 36th minute. But they still get it done. Emil Smith-Rowe in the 56th minute to make it 1-0. Then Watford also gets a red card in the 89th minute. Uh, Jiraj uh, Kaka? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, makes it <laughs> a red card down to 10 men. Uh, <laughs> like I, I felt like I was saying that wrong, but I look at it. I'm like, ah, I guess that's what it is. I don't know. Uh, 61% possession for Arsenal. 1.52 XG, 14 shots. Uh, they've just been on fire in their last five games. Two draws, three wins. That's, uh, what, 9, 10, 11 points out of their 20 points have been in the last five games. Pretty good. Yeah, it, it is. But I was like, I'm, I, I can't remember them playing. Like, when you look at their season... They, you know, they lose to Brentford, but then they lose to Chelsea. They get whipped by Man City, but then it, it did get simpler for them. They had a game against Norwich where they won by one. A game against Burnley, they win by one. A Tottenham team that's in complete disarray, so that's another win. Um, they draw Brighton and Palace, who are probably two of the better teams they've faced recently. Um, they beat Villa, another team that just fired their coach. Uh, then they did beat Leicester, so that, that was probably a high up there. And then they beat Watford 1-0 against, again, a new coach. So it's they've definitely improved, but I don't know. Sometimes I wonder how much do you improve when you look at someone's schedule. I don't know. Uh, manager of the year, Logan, am I right? Just a year too late, maybe? A year too early? Yeah, I think he's building something there. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I just don't believe in him. And he talks about the players being honest and stuff about – just some of the calls and different things that have happened in their, you know, great stretch of form uh, that he claims to have had. But I, I just don't see where this is something like Matt said, this is, this is one of those leagues where that stretch of form is totally, it can depend on who your run of games are against. Um, and like you said, they've they just not played anybody. Uh, City destroyed them and actually absolutely knocked them through. Um, I thought Palace played them pretty well when they played them. Um, and, and that's that's kind of what you see, right? It's an Arsenal mid-level team that's playing with a mid-level team, and they draw, and that's pretty accurate as to you know how this team does. I don't I don't think their defeat or, or them defeating Leicester is anything special, and beating Watford one to nothing is nothing to write home about. So yeah, I was gonna say they've beat three of the four relegation candidates yeah. one nil. They also have beaten teams that have fired their coaches recently, not before they played. Before they played them, they were not fired. Mm-hmm. But obviously, when you get fired, it's it's not just like a snap decision. It's kind of, you know, it's going to happen. Um, so Leicester is probably – in you know, they, they draw Brighton in a game where I watched it. Brighton outplayed them. It just was Brighton being their usual Brighton can't finish. Um, and Palace, they needed a goal at the very end, as in like the end. I think it was after the additional time that they added that they got it off of the last corner. So it's – yeah, I think as an Arsenal fan, I would have to almost say you have to be really cautiously optimistic because it will be interesting. So after the international break, they face Liverpool So how at Anfield. So how does that game go? Because that might be – that will be the measuring stick against 
in all honesty, everything they've just done because Liverpool are better than every team they just played in that two month stretch. It's great to obviously, you know, as an Arsenal fan, you got to feel great because you get these results, but at the same time, what do the results really tell you is going to be something you see probably in the next few months when they start playing the higher level teams again. I'll say I believe in them a little bit more than, than the both of you. I, I think that they have a good shot of finishing above United in the well, table. United's bad. Um, if West Ham slip up, <laughs> if West Ham slip up, Arsenal could, could slip in there. Um, but uh, no, I, I think that they've maybe finally got back on track a bit. I think they just need to worry about putting some more goals in. I think they've shored up the defense. It's just now they got to try to get a more positive goal differential. They've only scored 13 goals. We look at the rest of the teams up there, 27 Chelsea, 22 City, 23 West Ham, 31 Liverpool, 13 Arsenal is kind of, uh, you know, they're going to need some more goals for sure. Yeah. That was their issue last year. I mean, Aubameyang and Lacazette will fall off the map. They always do. Talk about falling off the map. Everton nil, Tottenham nil. That one finishes nil nil. There was a card change to red in the 90th minute for Mason Holgate. But uh, not much going on here for either of these teams. The most interesting part of that game, or the funniest part, was the very like first thing the announcer said um, was, uh, we, we definitely don't expect this game to be nil nil at the end of it. Like That was one of his first things he said. <laughs> <laughs> going off of recent results. He's like, this game won't end nil-nil. And <laughs> it, it did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, not much to talk about there, right? And then we had Leeds 1, Leicester 1, Rafina scoring in the 26th minute, Harvey Barnes scoring two minutes later, a goal rolled outside for the 67th minute by Lookman, and that was it. Uh, finishes 1-1. And that leaves these teams in uh, Leeds is in 15th, Leicester in 12th. Not much going on there. And then, of course, the match of the weekend, West Ham 3, <laughs> Liverpool 2. A Allison own goal in the fourth minute. Trent Alexander-Arnold scoring a free kick in the 41st. Then we had Fornal scoring in the 67th. Uh, former Chelsea man Kurt Zuma in the 74th, 3-1. And then Origi, Matt, getting on the score sheet in the 83rd minute. Yeah, he's got five What's goals. What's that about? <laughs> he's got. He's actually got five goals in six games this season. Wow. <laughs> he's been scoring, um, usually in cup games. Not usually in Premier. Or it's a four and five. It's four and five. He scored in two cup games and now the one Premier League game. So... He's going to be important come AFCON. So better get used to playing. Yeah. Uh, so what you what you make of the game, though? Uh, just overall, your thoughts on Liverpool? Um, right now, it, this is like the weirdest thing to say this. They miss 18-year-old Harvey Elliott so much. Um, he is – and honestly, I, the other one is Andy Robertson probably needs to get benched. Uh, for uh, Simikas, because he's pretty much outplaying him at this point. Uh, Liverpool's midfield is is really bad right now. Um, not in a sense where they're playing poorly. It's just they're so attack-minded where they need to be a little bit more defensive, defensively stable, that they're getting overrun in the counter. 
you know, when they have the ball, it's fine. But if you watch um, majority of West Ham's attacks were all via counter, same against Brentford, same against Brighton, same against City, um, second half City. First half was different, but second half it was all counter attacks. They're really, really struggling with midfielders not remaining defensively stable. They're almost going too far up the pitch. Um, and that's really just it. It's exposing them. I, I don't blame any of the defenders really, but you know, Andy Robertson, it's more so on the offensive side. His crossing is really struggling where uh, Simicas has been a lot better on that end of it. Defensively, I haven't seen much difference. Um, so it's, it's something where I really believe if Harvey Elliott was healthy, because in the first few games when he was healthy, they had no issues with this, but after he got like scissor kicked and, and broke his, I want to say, he bro- I think he broke his ankle that's he's probably the player they're missing the most right now. So um, he actually should be back by January. It looks he's, he's already doing exercises, putting his weight onto that leg, which is crazy because if somebody tackled me like that and my ankle bent like that, I would be out for like two years. So to see him two months later, he's doing actual exercising. It's it's fantastic. Um, But right now it's, it's definitely, it's a midfield issue. It is a midfield issue. And hopefully Klopp gets it figured out because it it's definitely it needs to get fixed or it Premier League wise it doesn't work. It works fine in the Champions League, but it Premier League wise teams are a lot more sound and stable, and it, it just hurts them. It hurts them a lot more. All right, uh, good job to West Ham. Like I said, they're all the way up in third place. Let's look at the table. Chelsea in first, 26 points. City in second with 23. West Ham in third with 23. Liverpool in fourth with 22. Arsenal in fifth with 20. Then you have United with 17. Brighton with 17. Wolves and Spurs with 16. Palace, Everton, Leicester with 15. Southampton with 14. Brentford with 12. Leeds with 11. Villa with 10. Watford with 10. Burnley with 8. Newcastle and Norwich with 5. And before that win that Norwich just had against Brentford, they had two. So uh, pretty uh, pretty good for them to get even with Newcastle here. Over in the Champions League, we had some matches over the week. We had uh, some Tuesday games. Chelsea beat Malmo uh, 1-0. Wolfsburg beat Salzburg 2-1. Atalanta versus United 2-2 with Ronaldo scoring late to uh, <laughs> save them. Munich 5-2 over Benfica. Dinamo Kiev losing 1-0 to Barcelona. Juve beating Zenit St. Petersburg 4-2. Lille beating Sevilla 2-1. Villarreal beating Young Boys 2-0. Milan and Porto drawing 1-1. Real Madrid beating Shakhtar Donetsk 2-1. Dortmund losing to Ajax 3-1. FC Sheriff losing to Inter Milan uh, 3-1. Liverpool beating Atletico Madrid 2-0. City beating Club Bruges 4-1. Leipzig and PSG drawing 2-2. And Sporting CP beating Besiktas 4-0. Looking at the tables, um, City's in first in Group A. PSG's in second in Group A, and uh, there's only two games right left, right? So Leipzig's knocked out. Club Bruges has a 
slim chance. Yeah, I think that one. Remember, I keep looking at it. Every I also every time you say Bayern Munich five, I'm like, I feel like they score five every single game. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Liverpool in first in Group B with twelve points. Porto in second with um, uh, five points. And then Madrid in third with four. Milan with one point. They're still technically in it, but two games left. Yeah, Liverpool's already. They've already won. Liverpool's already qualified, yeah. Yeah. Ajax is leading Group C, Dortmund in second, Sporting CP in third, and Besiktas in fourth. They've lost four straight games. Real Madrid in first of Group D, Inter Milan in second. FC Sheriff only one point out of Inter Milan. Shakhtar Donetsk in fourth place. Bayern Munich in first, Barcelona in second, Benfica in third, Kiev in fourth. Munich's won four straight. United somehow lead their group, Villarreal in second, (laughs) Atalanta in third, and Young Boys in fourth. Group G is Salzburg in first, Lille in second, Wolfsburg in third, Sevilla in fourth. That's a very close group in Group G all within four points of each other. Group H, Juve in first, Chelsea in second, Zenit in third, and Malmo in fourth. So we have the international break. When we come back from the international break, we have uh, what a, a lot of Saturday games and two Sunday games. That's mm-hmm. interesting. We have Leicester versus Chelsea, Villa versus Brighton, Burnley versus Palace, Newcastle versus Brentford, Norwich versus Southampton, Watford versus United, Wolves versus West Ham, Liverpool Arsenal, City, Everton, and Spurs leads. Solid weekend. Yeah, it is. All right. Well, I guess that about wraps us up. Any other thoughts anybody has before we jump out of here? We would like to throw our names in for all the managerial positions that are open in the Premier League. So just Not Norwich. Out there. Ah, let's take Norwich, it. Might as well. We can build them up. Let's do it. We're good <laughs> at FIFA. <laughs> yeah, how much for Harry Kane? How much for uh, right. like all these players? Right. That I no, can, we, built, we built through youth. That's my goal. <laughs> yeah. We scout the best. Financial takeover. No. They're going to be really disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> what can you guys our... buy? I don't know. <laughs> Are there these like... six-year-olds out there? <laughs> they can buy target birds. Right. <laughs> the fortress of a defense. All right. Well, that is it. You can follow us on Twitter at Stoppage Show, um, Facebook.com slash Stoppage Time Soccer Show. Email us, stoppage time show at gmail.com or Instagram us at stoppage time soccer show. And have a great international break.